The Lapsed Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 325 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Yes, I am your host, the Professor Baranin Crowd. Hope everyone had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed Championship Weekend. Can you believe another NASCAR season is in the books, along with another season of the Lap Traffic Podcast? We'll be wrapping up here soon this ain't the last one i promise that much at least uh let's see this weekend man i ain't gonna lie recorded the truck race because 10 o'clock eastern starts with a 20 month old would have meant sacrificing some very precious sleep time so pretty much stayed in the bubble friday night and was not on twitter or anything like that and caught up on that saturday morning had the Michigan game, Xfinity race, Saturday night, bounced back and forth there. And Sunday, I did miss the first stage due to having a family birthday party to attend to. But uh, very glad to catch the second half of that thing live. And man, so emotional about Kevin Harvick. I must have started three or four times throughout the day to make, you know, some posts, just some thought memory to share. And I just, I could not find the words that I wanted to put out there. And I know, you know, obviously knew he isn't going to see it or anything like that. Mainly just, you know, to share personal thoughts for you guys. And, you know, I'm going to read the tweet uh, just for you guys that didn't see it, just because, again, as you guys know, before the podcast, uh, there was a, a, a diehard Kevin Harvick fan here. So this is what I had put out. Uh, I've been thinking all day about what to say. 20 years as a fan of Kevin Harvick and sports in general. There are fans and then there are fans, people that truly get lost in the passion. The casual sports fans may not understand the pure excitement, the pure pain that us diehards do. And before the podcast, there was just a diehard Kevin Harvick fan. And to the Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart, and countless other greats of our sport, we Kevin Harvick fans are now in your camp as we can never replace our first driver. We might root for others, we might get excited, but you can never replace your first driver fandom in NASCAR. This year I had the greatest honor I could possibly have, and that was a private interview with Kevin. And if it weren't for the followers and the listeners, that would have never happened. I can't thank you all enough for that. Can't wait to talk about it on this week's show. Here we are. Uh, Cheers to the end of an era. Hashtag forever. Um, Lindsay had me read that to her before I sent it and I typed it fine. And, but when I read it to her, I legit had some tears rolling down my face, which just proves the terms of, uh, diehard fandom. I'm sure a lot of you may get asked, you know, how can you care so much about someone, some team, uh, that doesn't care about you in general, really. And, And that's the magic of it. 
that you can let yourself get that lost into that team or that person, that driver, and either rooting for them or against somebody. Um, it will definitely hit you hard emotionally on the ups and the downs of that driver and that team across any sport. And for those that are listening to this amateur podcast, I know the bulk majority of you are diehards. So I know you can all all relate to that. Uh, so here is to a fantastic Kevin Harvick career, uh, a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. Uh, and, and to the number four, here's four revs for Kevin Harvick. All right, so uh, about the show, let's see here. So there's definitely going to be at least one more show, maybe two, just depending on guests. And if you guys are interested in doing a couple listener call-in shows, so if you would like to come on 10, 15 minutes with me, reach out, shoot me an email, DM, uh, you know, good chunk of you have my cell phone number. Feel free, reach out, let me know, and uh, we can get something scheduled over the next week or two. We can talk anything you want, driver-specific, teams, moves, schedule changes, you know, anything. All, all open uh, open forum, whatever you guys want to talk about, just let me know, and, and we'll get that scheduled. So tonight, very excited to have our Craftsman Truck Series champion, Ben Rhodes, along with the legendary voice of MRN Radio, Jeff Striegel, to uh, to break things down for us, as we know he does so well. Uh, we'll have our lapped traffic fantasy winner on, so spoiler alert, it wasn't me, even though I'm damn proud to have finally made it to the final four in my own fantasy league so uh we'll uh we'll have that at the end of the show i got some of your takes as well uh so let's kick things off with our truck series champ ben rhodes all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line making his sixth appearance on the show he is the driver of the number 99 with thor sport racing and your 2023 nascar truck series champion welcome back to the lap traffic podcast ben rhodes what's up man how are you hey guys yeah thanks for having me just happy as you could probably guess <laughs> yeah hell yeah man i mean what a what a season um you know it the, the truck season for for me is always special just because it's it's shorter right so i'm i'm the type like man i'm wanting more which is what the truck series you know delivers which is awesome you know in general you know obviously the championship will get to that but uh, prior to this past weekend phoenix you know how would you sum up the 2023 season for you guys Oh, man, I would say 2023 was a year of adversity. I mean, that never fails, right? That's the storyline for everybody all year round. But I'll give you a, a, a snippet of what mine looked like. Uh, for Thor Sport Racing as a whole, we, we came out with Ford Performance this year, which obviously now, looking back at it, is a great thing, win the championship, won some races. But that doesn't come without challenges. We obviously thought it was the best thing for us to do. Um, and that's why we made the switch, but it comes with work. We have to, you know, rebuild all the trucks, new sure. bodies, new engineering, new SIM, new wind tunnel time. So there's a lot that goes into that. And we spend the year building and developing the, the program, um, rather than just building upon what's already there. So there's some challenges with that. I also had three crew chiefs this year, which has got to be some sort of record. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so there's challenges with that too, um, sure. and you know I never 
you don't really ultimately get fully settled in one way or the other. But through all of that, we were able to really turn up the wick when it mattered, uh, which I'm most proud of for this team. We were able to get a seventh, a second, and a second going into the championship four race. And then I would argue that we were we were probably the second fastest truck in the championship four race uh, of the championship four. So second fastest of the champion drivers uh, right behind Corey Heim, which they've been lights out all year. Sure. So, you know, that that I think kind of – it's a good snapshot of our season. It's it's been it's not been without challenges, but again, everybody says that. Absolutely, yeah. And I I mean, you expect it. It is it is hard to be perfect uh, every week, week in, week out. Like you said, you know, that's just the normal challenges of racing. Throw in the changes that you like you mentioned we're going through, and it's it's just a whole nother layer, uh, and just even more shows the testament and the the immense. Uh, dedication from from you, the team, the crew, all of that to be able to still go out there and and win a championship is is really incredible. Um, all right, let's let's talk about this past weekend and what a race. I mean, four overtime restarts. The blood pressure just had to keep rising with each one of them. You know, walk us through. You know, the 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 end of that race there. So I need to go back and watch the whole race to get my thoughts organized and to make sure I'm kind of correct on speaking on things. But the race as a whole started off kind of crazy. When there was a caution with like, I don't know, 10 laps into the race, I said, okay, it's (laughs) going to be one of these. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's going to be one of these. That already kind of set the tone. Because in the past, Phoenix Phoenix had cautions at the end, but there was also some Phoenix races where it was long green runs, right? When I got my first championship in 21, that's what it was. Zane, pa- Zane Smith and uh, Todd Gillen that year had passed me, and then here I come back on a long run. We pass them both back and get the championship. So there's been both sides of this now, um, but that set the tone for the day, that first caution. We have such short stages in the truck series you know, that after the first 50 laps, we're running third uh, right behind Corey Heim and, and Ty Majeski. And then everything starts flipping. The stages bring these cautions. It's a short next run. The next in is really short. People are flipping. Josefar gets up front on tire strategy. You know, we find that Corey Heim, myself, and Grant Enfinger ultimately end up in the back together. And as we're cutting through the field, people are just driving crazy. There's no slot given at all. If anything, they're racing us harder, uh, except for maybe a couple of trucks. Um, and at that point, I, I, I honestly, we were racing so hard. I let one of them go. I can't remember if it was Corey or, or, um, Grant. And sure enough, later, five laps later, there's Corey and, um, Carson and a wreck. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say I saw that coming, but you know, myself and the crew both said over the radio, Hey, let's be really smart here because we've got way more to lose than we can gain. And you got to make it to the end to win these things and no fault of Corey's own on that, on, on that deal. But it's just part of racing at this point. Yeah, no, for sure. It uh, you could definitely tell. I think between you and Grant, uh, the you know obviously the, the the veterans, not just in the playoff field, but in the truck series in general, uh, that poise, if you will, showed with with uh, where you two both finished in the race uh, and the the respect that you guys gave each other on the track. I feel like versus you know Corey Carson, a little younger. You know, like you said, you know there there's a lot more to lose early in a race. You got to be there at the end. hundred percent. And I've been on that other side, you know, and I made all of those things. I made all those mistakes as a younger guy, but you know, I'm 26 now I've been doing this full time since 2016 and we've kind of learned some lessons along the way. And uh, you know, I would give our team props on that's probably 
even when we don't have the best trucks, when we don't have the best speed, I'd say what we do the best is execution on big picture stuff. So, um, you know, how to get the stage points versus the end of the race for the finish and, and really just looking at that through the whole season, we find a way typically we just grind it out and we find a way to get there. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Ben, I, I, so I saw this on jayski.com that you are only the fifth repeat champ and then I go back and I look at the at the names of Matt Crafton, Ron Hornaday, Todd Bodine, uh, Jack Sprague, uh, and now you. Uh, that that's the Mount Rushmore of names that are synonymous with the Truck Series. So how does how do you feel like to be included in in those lists of of Truck Series legends? Man, it's it's really unbelievable. Uh, to tell you the truth, like I'm emotionally not connecting with that at all. <laughs> right? Like, too, I, too know, <laughs> I, yeah, I I really don't uh, put myself with those guys. Just emotionally, I, I I don't consider it. I'm still pretty young, and you know they're kind of like you said, like they're they're the Mount Rushmore. They're they're um, these legends of the sport. So I'm yeah, I don't know how to connect with that. But I'll tell you this. I'm super humble, super proud to be part of it. I'm super grateful to have the opportunity because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm getting to race trucks and whether we were winning or not, just to be here is an honor. So uh, the fact that we have two championships, that just, it still hasn't sunk in really. And it probably won't until the banquet. (laughs) So give me another month or two and I'll get back to you. For sure. Yeah. Ben, looking ahead to 2024, you know, the truck series really didn't have a whole lot of big swings as far as uh, changes in the schedule. Uh, Richmond will be the regular season finale. Um, The Milwaukee Mile is coming back and Kansas gets shifted around a little bit from a playoff perspective. Anything you would have liked to have seen change? You know, what what would have been on, you know, Ben Rhodes's, oh, man, I wish we could have done this kind of thing for 2024? Yeah, I... uh... I'm kind of surprised that we don't have a dirt race and we only have one road course. That's kind of been something that the truck series was known for the past several years is the diversity of our schedule. You know, we were the first ones to do dirt. Uh, We also had quite a bit of road courses on there compared to the amount of races that we have. Yeah. Um, So I would have loved to have seen us go back to Canadian Tire Motorsports Park or go to Mid Ohio. And as you could know, they they just got new pavement. It was just repaved. So it would be primed and ready for us. Um, so yeah, I would like to see some of that, even though I'm not a dirt guy, I, I do think that, um, I do think it's good racing and, you know, Thor sport as a whole has a really good track record there. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Ben, what, uh, any, any fun plans scheduled in the off season is the trophy coming to Thanksgiving dinner is the centerpiece. What, uh, what's coming on, <laughs> uh, in, in the off season here for you? Yeah. So, well, that's funny. Uh, so I want to see that picture tweeted out now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll let you know about that, but I can say I am transporting, I'm transporting the old trophy and the new one is supposed to go up to Sandusky, Ohio. We're going to have a big open house celebrating all the championships. Uh, we're, we're really, really looking forward to that. I think the day that they're going to announce is going to be December 13th. Um, so Anybody that can travel or is in that Ohio area that wants to go to Sandusky, um, that would be the time to come see the race shop. I'll be there 
we'll have all kinds of um, souvenirs and obviously you can take a tour of the entire place, see all the race trucks. And it's not just going to be us. There's plans in the work for other competitors from other series being there too, which is pretty cool. Awesome. You know, I might, I might have to reach out to Latin cause you know, Metro Detroit, I'm not too far from there. Maybe uh, we can, we could line something up from a, uh, you know, podcast perspective down there for something absolutely like i'd love so, it you'd have a live audience that's yeah, for sure yeah that'd be cool uh, well done deal we'll uh, we'll reach out to len for sure um well listen ben thank you so much for taking some time to to call back into the show it's it's always a, a blast to have you on congratulations again on a second championship and hope you get to relax enjoy and uh take some well-deserved time off in the off season man yeah thank you i appreciate it thank you absolutely have a great holiday season and who knows maybe we'll see you here in december yeah i hope so i'll see you soon then awesome man take care thanks so much thank you all right lat traffic nation there you have ben Rhodes. i love talking to ben uh, i've done a couple in-person interviews with him up at mis back when the trucks would race there and just a great guy i mean he's he's just got a great fun personality uh as as you can tell uh you know in some of his post-race interviews he's he's having a good time and i love everything about that uh great guy great competitor Great champion, which is which is awesome. Can't wait to see him go out there and uh, defend things next year in our 2024 season. Okay, let's just keep rolling right along. Let's not waste any time. Let's get Mr. Jeff Striegel on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his 29th appearance on the show. He needs no introduction. Our great friend from MRN Radio and Berlin Raceway. Welcome back to the show, the one and only Mr. Jeff Striegel. Sir, what's up, man? How are you? I am doing well. I'm recovering from championship weekend, uh, but I'm doing good. How are you? Excellent. I'm good, man. I am good. How was how was that red eye, man? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> don't ask me fun. about that <laughs> red eyes are bad yes. red eyes are bad i still to this day do not know why i elect to do a red eye rather than just coming home on monday but i was home yesterday there you but go. uh i wasn't really with it at all that's for sure fair enough fair enough um important question when when do you leave for the annual key west trip <laughs> How about a week from Wednesday? Excellent. So a week from tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah. Good deal. Um, Good deal. We are we are ready to go. I'm not packed yet. I believe my wife Julia's packed and ready to go, but I have yet to actually unpack from Phoenix. So, so re- yes, I, right. <laughs> I can't say I'm ready. Excellent. Well, no, I know you'll have a great time down there. That's for sure. Uh, Jeff, man, an, another season is is in the books, and we're you know it. We, we uh, synchronize, I think, when we get together. We've got some repetition, and I can't believe we're, we're here to talk about another season in the books. It seems like we were just talking about Daytona. Uh-huh, yeah. And then we were talking about Michigan, and now here we are talking about the season is over, and we'll be previewing 2024 before long. Absolutely. You know it. Jeff, how would you describe championship weekend this year you know in terms of you know we had some new drivers uh in the mix across all three series there were some big names across all three series that weren't racing for championships so you know how would you describe the weekend overall you know that's a that's an interesting i don't an interesting question i don't know if you can sum it up in a word or a sentence that would 
recap what Phoenix was. I think you can put drama in there, exciting, electric, uh, mind-boggling from time to time, uh, disappointment, uh, certainly with some of the things that we saw on track. But, you know, I, I, I will say this. As much as I love Homestead being the championship weekend, I said it before, I'll say it again, that Phoenix has done a great job embracing the opportunity to host NASCAR's season finale. And the fans are there. They support it. The campground out back behind the racetrack is just packed. You know, when we arrived there on Wednesday, we went down for media day and we went over to the track and to see the amount of people that were there already uh, was shocking. Uh, I, I loved it. I mean, obviously, you want to go to a place and, and see that the people are there, they're ready, they're anxious for it all, and Phoenix delivers. The track is spectacular. The setting is spectacular. The weather, you can't beat it anywhere right, on absolutely. the planet. <laughs> so, you know, the, the setting and the fan base and the track, that all delivered what we saw on the racetrack, delivered. It gave us drama, excitement, like I used those words already. But, you know, I leave there thinking, you know what, NASCAR is in a pretty good spot right now. Yes. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, you, you mentioned the on-track stuff. Let's kick it off with the truck series. Uh, you know, a couple things to unpack. We've got Ben Rhodes, a uh, two-time champ now, and only the fifth person in truck series history to actually yeah. earn a second truck championship, which is Awesome. I mean, Ben Rhodes uh, could could very well be, you know, our next Matt Crafton, you know, just that that lifer that, you know, and, and he he's going to help carry that the, the torch of the truck series, which I think is great. Uh, we had the on track incidences between Corey Heim, the favorite going into the weekend and Carson Hosevar and Grant right. Enfinger. You know, trying to go out one last time with with uh, GMS shutting down and was just one spot away. So what uh, you know, what are some takeaways for you from the truck series? Well, I mean, I think when we look back at the actual championship race, uh, I would call it very disappointing. I thought the way that the drivers approached it, the lack of respect on the racetrack from top to bottom. Sure. The fact that we ran four overtime finishes because we couldn't figure out a way to go green, white checker without destroying the field. Uh, obviously that, that was a, a, a black eye. Uh, we don't need to be racing like that. I don't care if we're, we're talking the short track level, uh, you know, on a Friday night or a Saturday night, or if we're talking about, you know, NASCAR at one of their top three divisions, I just felt like what we saw there, was a disappointment and it didn't need to happen. Obviously there were events that occurred that involved our championship four. And then there were some events that occurred there with drivers just trying to race for a win. I mean, if you go back and you look at, you know, I guess what everybody is talking about and that is Corey and, and Carson, you know, I, I felt like Carson made, you know, a monumental mistake. They, they did what they needed to do. Uh, by changing up the strategy and putting Carson in a position to be at the front of the field. I liked that move. Um, we all saw Corey run down Carson to pass him, to put him in a championship winning position. And I felt like right there, um, Carson needs to just let him go. Sure. Uh, he had, again, he had put himself in a position where now 
the next time they come to pit road, he is at the front of the field where he had not been able to drive to. So, you know, at that particular point, you know, if I'm a, an owner, crew chief, or a spotter, I'm, I'm telling Carson, Corey is running you down. He's got a faster truck. That was no debate. Just let him go. And we are going to live to fight this out with one more opportunity to come to pit road to make a truck change and you know at that point you know you're going to have a chance to to race them head to head so when Corey got by him the fact that carson was going to stalk him that hard got into him i think going into turn number three then you know took to the apron and the flat down in turns one and two Corey was at lane up off the bottom of the racetrack carson comes up did he dump him on purpose of course not but you know, I just didn't feel like Carson should be in that situation uh, at that particular point where you're racing them that hard, running the flat, truck has nowhere to go, and up the racetrack he goes and he wipes out, you know, the the fastest truck on the track. Um, obviously, what Corey then did in retaliation uh, was just, you know, that was not the right move by any stretch. Corey took himself out of a chance to win the championship by doing it. Yep. Um, you can't predict how the race was going to go, but obviously if we get another caution flag, we got several, but they were precipitated by the Corey Carson deal. If they get a late caution flag, Corey is right back in that thing and probably is the truck fast enough to be able to go to the front of the field and win the championship, but he took himself out of that. Yeah. So, and he didn't, you know, and to, didn't have to win it. You know, it wasn't one of those where it was shaping up to where you were going to have to win the race, you know? Correct. So like you said, you know, if, if he would have, you know, just kept it clean and, and you know, who, who knows what the, uh, you know, we can what if it till we're blue in the face. But, you know, yeah, there, there right. could have been the potential there for him. Yeah. I mean, two wrongs there certainly don't make a right. Two wrongs just made it really embarrassing to watch two of our four championship four, you know, battle it out the way that they did. Obviously, that left the door open as we wrap it up. That left the door open for Grant Enfinger and Ben Rhodes to settle it among themselves. I give all the credit in the world to Grant Enfinger because he could have moved Ben out of the way. At that particular point, Grant Enfinger's got a faster truck than what Ben does. Ben just happened to be in position. Grant ran him down uh, in those green-white checker overtime finishes, got to the rear uh, tailgate of Ben. Could have moved him, elected not to. He raced with class, and, you know, unfortunately, there he raced with class, and he finished runner-up, but I think he deserves all the credit in the world because based on everything that was going on around him and what led to it, you would have, you know, never batted an eye if he would have just flat drove it in there and, and either moved him or wrecked him and went on to win a championship. But Grant raced him fair, and Ben Rhodes was out front when it mattered when the checkered flag came out. And Ben Rhodes, like you said, you know, wins for the second time. And, um, you know, that, that right there led to what was going to be a very, very big week for Ford. Uh, you know, they claimed their first championship on Friday night. And Ben Rhodes is the one who's celebrating the 2023 championship. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, I love Grant Enfinger. Good friend of the show, uh, as yep. is Ben Rhodes. Uh, you know, both been on. Ben's actually on tonight as well. But, uh, yeah, no, that that uh, that, that Has shows... he sobered up? Has he sobered up yet? That, <laughs> yes. That'll be the question. I, I can what confirm. What Ben Rhodes... <laughs> 
<laughs> what Ben Rhodes will you actually have on your podcast? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Let's talk a little Xfinity. Um, my my two big takeaways from from the you know Xfinity race are you know John Hunter Nemechek dominant year. Uh, obviously, you know, poised for greatness down the road, uh, just yeah. unable to, uh, you know, get that, you know, last one when it counts, um, you know, and, and got caught up in, in, a, in an incident there at the end. Um, and then Cole Custer, you know, here's somebody that, you know, had, you know, Jeff, you and I a few years ago were talking about the big three in the Xfinity series with mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, and Cole Custer. And we were talking seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. And, you know, they, they, they move up. And, you know, Cole, uh, uh, you know, uh, had, I believe, what, one win, maybe two wins Cup Series? I know there was right. the, the one at Kansas, I think it was. Um, you know, and... <laughs> Goes back to the Xfinity series and has a very rough start to the 2023 Xfinity season. Uh, but that team, they, they, they pushed and they grinded it out. And come early summer, that team really kicked it into high gear, started winning races, makes the playoffs. And boom, here we are talking a Cole Custer championship, uh, which is a hell of a way to rebound after probably what was depressing news when he found out he was going back to the Xfinity Series in the first place. How does that differ from John Hunter Nemechek? I mean, he did the same thing, yeah, right? He, absolutely. Uh, he was setting the world on fire, had the opportunity to advance, move up. He did. It didn't work out the way that he would have hoped to and elected to step back and go and hone his craft and become a better driver, which he has been able to do. Cole Custer is doing that very same thing. I look at it this way. I, we knew going in that, did, did we know for a fact? No, but were we saying we're going to see a very good race in the Xfinity series and one that will be done with respect to everyone. And I felt like we had that exactly. Um, and I give credit to everybody. So Sam Mayer loses. Sam Mayer is probably one of the most humbled individuals. I think he felt like when he came into the series that everybody was going to be racing for second. I think he got humbled early on in his career, and he recognizes now just how hard it is to win at this level and the respect that those around you deserve. We talked to him on Thursday and he was a delight to talk to. We talked to him Saturday after the event on the Motor Racing Network, and I thought he was a delight to talk to. He was grateful for the opportunity to drive for junior motorsports. He's been grateful for the year that he's had. Uh, he was grateful for the fact that it was a breakout season for him and that the fact of the matter is he just flat out came up short on Saturday. Uh, I really appreciated the way that he approached it and the way he handled the entire race. Justin Allgaier, he's just class. He just defines class. Absolutely. He wanted to win that championship for sure. But at the same time, you know, in talking to Justin, he recognized how important a championship would be, not only for the family, but for Brandt Agricultural that has been with them from the beginning. All the opportunities that Justin has comes from Junior Motorsports uh, and sponsors and people who have hung with him throughout his career. And that was the reason that he wanted to win. He came up short. You look at John Hunter Nemechek, 
he dominated, if you recall, he dominated the first half of that race. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no doubt early on who was going to win the championship. However, we need to recognize that we started that race under bright sunshine. Track temperature was way up there. The ambient temperature was almost 90 degrees. And then the sun set, cloud cover moved in, track changed. And all of a sudden, now you see Cole Custer running better and John Hunter not running as good. And Sam Mayer was there and Allgaier was there. And I don't know if I have not seen a picture. Somebody, I hope, got it off of turn number two when they were basically four wide for the lead. And it was all four championship contenders right there. Sam Mayer, Allgaier, Cole Custer, John Hunter Nemechek. And I thought, man, this, this is what we race for. Uh, side by side, four wide, nobody, you know, nobody wrecking anybody. And, you know, obviously that late race restart where John Hunter took a shot. Uh, I think he was outside three wide going into one, caught the wall. And ultimately that ended his opportunity to win a championship. I think he finished 28th or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. Uh, but Cole Custer out front, you know, a little bit like Ben Rhodes, you're out front when it matters the most. And yep. Cole Custer now is the Xfinity Series champion. What, uh, you know, when we, we look at Cole Custer, we look at Stuart Haas, uh, you know, we look at the year they had in Cup. Uh, we look at the last couple of years that they've had in Cup. Uh, obviously, some driver yeah. changes coming along in 2024 in the 4 and the 10. Uh, you got Josh Berry coming in. Uh, you know, we, we all know the names that are floating around there for the 10 at the moment. Um, right. You know. What does that championship win do for that team after the struggles that they've had at, you know, on Sunday, if you will? Uh, We saw Tony Stewart's reaction. Uh, We saw Gene Haas and his reaction. I think, you know, we, maybe we take it for granted that, you know, winning at a quote unquote lower level might not mean anything to a team owner, a Roger Penske, a Joe Gibbs, a Tony Stewart, but, to see Tony's reaction and knowing that Gene Haas was there and, and granted they were there for different reasons. Also, they were there to say goodbye to Kevin Harvick. They were there to say goodbye to Eric Almarola, but it's not lost on them that they have a car racing for a championship. Uh, and they were there and, you know, watching Tony, uh, when Cole crossed the line to take the championship, you could tell it means something that is the first, uh, Xfinity Series championship for that organization, and they acted like it, and I, I applaud that. So, yeah, there are major changes coming, obviously, for Stuart Haas Racing, and uh, maybe this will go a long way in helping to right the ship that was so strong just a couple of years ago that for whatever reason have backed up um, maybe this is just what they needed to maybe relight the fire and, and get everything sorted out so that they are a top-to-bottom organization that is out there competing for wins each and every weekend. I love it. Um, all right, Jeff, cup race Sunday. Uh, you know, yeah. all, all three races this weekend had some form of uh, on-track incident with uh, playoff champion contenders. Tough break for Christopher Bell. Uh, something tells me that's not going to be his last Final Four appearance, although disappointing, I'm sure, for him. Um, Blaney, Larson, Byron finished 2 3 4. That is when you were talking about in the Xfinity series, we had, you know, all four coming off two, 
you know, to have that type of a finish with this talent is is something, as well as to have Ross Chastain, you know, first driver to uh, to to play spoiler, if you will, in terms of uh, race winner and champ winner. Uh, mm-hmm. Ross obviously not being in the in the in the final four there. So, what uh, how do what how do you unpack Sunday's race, Jeff? Well, let's go back and, and talk about Bell and Chastain. I think, you know, you, you hated it for Bell because that was just a situation that was completely out of his control. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Christopher Bell gets the recognition he deserves for what he is capable of doing behind the wheel. I mean, this this kid can drive a race car, and it doesn't matter whether it's a dirt sprint car or, or a, a cup car on a Sunday, but this kid's got so much talent. You know, when he needs to win, I don't know how he does it, but when his back is against the wall and he's facing adversity, um, they just rise. And and he was there. He was going to be a contender. There is no doubt about it. And then they, you know, the, the brake rotor failure going off the end of the back straight away into the fence, day over, loaded up. I thought the way that he conducted himself afterwards was, was classy. Um, got out of the car. He didn't throw anything, took his helmet off, set it on the roof and just kind of went, that's it. You know, we gave it our best. And, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up on the trailer and finishing dead last. Uh, Obviously that does not paint the picture of what we saw from Christopher Bell in 2023. And I agree with you. We have not seen the last of Christopher Bell. He will race for a championship again um, because they just have that much talent. Um, you know, then you move into the other three. I thought it was interesting because it was just a matter of who could keep up with the racetrack. And I know that that sounds crazy, but, you know, William Byron dominated like John Hunter did the day before in yep. the bright sunshine. Uh, they were wheeling it and it was lights out. It looked like this is, this is over. Everybody's going to race for second. But as that long run that you get at Phoenix goes on and on and on, William, uh, William Byron begins to fade and others are rising, you know, to the top. And all of a sudden there's Chastain. He's running fifth. And I remember when he cracked the top five, I, during one of the commercials, I looked at Alex Hayden. I said, you know what? Uh, this is far from over. This is the best car here, hands down. And if we stop there, where did that come from? Because they've shown no consistency at all. They raced for a championship a year ago. They were not anywhere near a championship team in 2023 like they were a year ago. Where did they find the speed that they had uh, for Sunday's race in Phoenix? Because they found it and they took advantage of it. And he, he's the forgotten man, that's for sure, right? I mean, absolutely. everybody I... is celebrating a championship and poor... Ross is standing over there going, does anybody want to talk to me? Uh, I did win here, but there seems to be no pomp and circumstances around me. Everything is focused on our champion, rightfully so. Uh, but, yeah, where, where did, you know, Brandon, where did they find that speed? They just put on a clinic they on did. Sunday, no, no doubt. It, it is. It's fun. You know, I remember before this playoff format started in 2014, uh, under the old playoff format, you know, there were multiple times where the race winner wasn't the champ based on the, the points and all of that. And, you know, you'd kind of get two victory lanes in that situation. And for, you know, almost 10 years, the race winner, you know, was the, the, the champ as well. You know, we didn't have that issue. So, yeah, no, I feel like 
they uh they they definitely weren't prepared for for Ross to get his due for winning a race, you know, like he would yeah. have 35 weeks any other week. <laughs> you know, and and with that, I'm just going to take a a little side trip here. You know, when do we stop posting that if it was the old format that so and so would have won? Oh my god. You know, when do we stop doing that? Because I, we were trying to figure out, and I think that Kyle Busch, uh, maybe Truex, actually, I think we determined that Kyle Busch has only ever raced in a playoff format. Um, Truex might be one that may have raced before the playoffs. My point is this, you know, everybody who is racing in a truck, maybe the exception would be Matt Crafton when I stop and think about it. Sure. But Everybody now, everybody has grown up and raced in the playoff format. No, all of your drivers at all of the levels have, do, have known nothing but a playoff format. So why do we continually go back and say, well, if we'd have been doing this like we did it in 1995, then, you know, this guy would have won. All right. Uh, you know, we use the analogies of football, basically baseball, basketball, and I get that auto racing isn't a stick and ball sport. I got it. I'm clear to that. But, you know, a Super Bowl champion can be a wild card team that 10 years ago wouldn't even have had the opportunity. Yep. I got it. Same thing with, you know, baseball and the wild card teams. You know, if, if a wild card team wasn't eligible to have played this year, then you know, somebody else would have won it. And if we had to use that same format, that team wouldn't even have been eligible to play. Okay. I, I get it. But you know what? At some point, don't we need to embrace what we actually have today? Yes. And change um, is needed. You know, like, yeah. you know, you look at, you know, one of my favorite analogies to use with that is, you know, we've had playoffs in the stick and sp ball sports for, you know, as long as I've been growing up for 40 years. And I always go back to the very first uh, Patriots uh, loss or in the Super Bowl against the Giants, where they would have had that perfect season if they had won that game. The Giants were a 500 football team that got in because of a shitty conference, won the wild card game, won the divisional, and now here they are in the Super Bowl. And they beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in one of the most dominant teams probably ever. So, right. you know, like, you know, that it's part of history. You and I have talked about it before. You know, you look at it as though, you know, March Madness is so big for yeah. a really good reason. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils come rolling into March Madness undefeated 31 and 0. Yeah. And they go up against. Um, you know, Alabama, Birmingham, there's a good example of a team that is, you know, always in March Madness, but they come in as a 13, 14, 15, 16 seed. They have the right to wipe out that number one school right there. And if they do it, guess what? They advance. And that that team that you thought was going to just parade right through and take the championship, they're done. Yep. Um, you know, we saw Harvick do that, what, two years ago. Yeah. When he won, what, eight races and, and couldn't make it through, uh, I don't know if it was he a round of 12 or he, whatever. Yeah, but he, he, he didn't even get – he did not get out of the round of eight. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's going to happen. Um, and the crazy thing is while the fans want – some, some of the fans want to keep going back to, well, if we'd have done it this way, this would be the result. 
all of your drivers, all of your competitors, they've never even experienced it. They know what they have going in. They know that you've got a peak at the right time. You work hard all year long to get that opportunity to make the playoffs. And then you recognized right there, we're only going to be in this thing as long as we can run at the highest level. If we fade, if we fail, we're done. Yeah. It, it forces um, you know, the competition, which is which is it, awesome. It it forces you to want to watch. It forces there to be a champion. You know, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, great. All right, so and so maybe would have had the points locked up. You know, three races ago. Well, gee, yeah. great. All right, what a bore to go and watch. You know, the 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 last three races. What's why would anybody want to do that? Like, you know, why show up when we already know the the outcome? Like. No, I want this race to mean something, you know? Oh. You know, and you look at it, too, with the, the championship four that headed to Phoenix for the Cup Series. If, if you don't think that was the best of the best going head-to-head, you had Joe Gibbs, Rick Hendrick, and Roger Penske. Those were your three organizations that were there. They are, they are absolutely the best in motorsports. You know, you could argue that they're as good as any organization in the world. You know, you can't really compare NASCAR to Formula One and you can't compare them to Indy, but you know, you you want your best to be there to represent your sport. And we had Bell, Byron, Blaney, Larson, Joe Gibbs, Rick Hendrick, Roger Penske. I just don't know if you can ask for anything more than that. And then you put them on the racetrack, and other than Bell going out early, I think it was lap 108, um, you had the three remaining drivers running at 110% every single lap and running behind one, one another going, I, I have to pass one car to win a championship, but I can't do it. Yep. You, know, you know, so I don't know. I thought it was great. Ryan Blaney is going to be a great champion. Uh, you know, he is so well-respected. Uh, I don't know that he has a fan that cheers against him. I'm sure there is, but you know, when you look at some of the other drivers, I mean, I I don't think there's, I don't think I'm going to shock anybody when I say if Denny Hamlin is in there, you actually have people that are going to cheer against him winning. Absolutely. Uh, There's no doubt. I mean, right now, Denny is either loved or hated and he doesn't mind it. Nope. But you're going to have people up there going, pass him, wreck him, do whatever you got to do, just make sure Denny doesn't win. I don't know that you have that with Ryan Blaney. You either love him or you like him. Sure. Yeah, uh, that's, that's and, a great way to put it. Yeah, you know, so I think we have a, a great champion, obviously, for Team Penske. They go back-to-back. Joey wins it last year. Ryan wins it this year. That just goes to show you that, you know, they are a high-performing organization, they understand the format. They understand what it takes to be champions, as does Hendrick and everybody. But you know what? If you if you can't perform at the highest level on the day that is going to decide the champions, again, whether we're talking baseball, football, NHRA does the same thing. If you can't perform on on that opportunity on the on the grand stage, you're not going to win a championship. And for Byron uh, and Larson. And obviously, Christopher Bell until he broke and Ryan Blaney, I thought they did exactly that. They all brought their A game. They put on a whale of a race. And in the end, Ryan Blaney was in position 
uh, that he needed to be in to win the championship. And I think he'll be a great champion. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Uh, a couple more for you, Jeff. Um, sure. Kevin Harvick, did you get a chance to, to talk with him at all during, you know, any, any of the media availabilities or, you know, just at all over the weekend? He had quite the emotional send-off, the post-race, hanging out at the car for an hour and four minutes, it was reported, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, taking pictures, having some beers, and, and uh, you know, just soaking it in for, for one last time. Uh, you know, what, uh, what, do you, what do you make of Kevin Harvick's uh, final, final race there? Well, our first ballot Hall of Famer that we all hate to see move on has moved on, and uh, I thought, you know, there was a time there during maybe that June, July, August, September run. I, I guess I'm not going to say June, but let's go to, you know, August, September. You know, it looked like he was ready. You know, if somebody would have said, hey, they canceled the second half of the season, I don't know that he would have said anything other than, okay, great, I guess I'm done. Um, you know, I think there was, it was becoming time, uh, in his head. I can't speak for him. This is my opinion and my opinion only mm -hmm. where, you know, it's like, let's just, let's just wrap this up. You know, we're not performing at the level I want to perform at. Uh, and then there was a, a couple of races there towards the end of the season. I think it was Homestead where he was running at the front of the field. Obviously I knew he would be a factor at Phoenix a nine time winner. He's always run well there. Yep. I didn't realize this till I went back and looked at stats, but uh, as far as top 10 consecutive finishes, he had 20 in a row going into that event. That is most all time at any track ever. That's crazy. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be a factor. And I'll tell you what, Brandon, I thought, you know, right now he is, he is the fastest guy in qualifying, even if he can't win it. How cool would it be if Harvick is the driver that leads the field to the green flag yeah. in his last race? Yep. yep. Um, you know, I wanted him to win at Martinsville. I wanted him to win at Homestead. I would have been happy if he would have won at Phoenix. I wanted him to take that one last opportunity to take the team, his family, his sponsors to victory lane, like Jeff Gordon had the opportunity to do several years ago yeah, at Martinsville. Martin. I wanted that for Kevin. Um, and he put himself out there when he took the lead. And I don't know if, if you could tell, we talked about it on the radio, but when he took the lead, that place erupted. Yes. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. The other thing I thought was pretty cool was the way the fans treated him. Uh, you climb in the back of the pickup truck, you come around, you know how that works after you've been introduced and you could tell where Kevin was on the racetrack because it looked like the wave. Oh, wow. That's um, awesome. It, he was he was being recognized and I was happy for it. A uh, driver we're going to miss on the track, a driver that will move to the TV booth. But um, I, and then to see what he did, I think what it was, was finally the emotion got to him. I think he did the best he could to keep the emotion bottled up until it was all over. Yep. And once he did those interviews and got everybody out of the way, it was like my friends, my team, my family, come on in here. Let's crack a beer. Let's let's just spend some time together. Obviously, the emotions took over at that point. Um, showed you know that that he's a human being and that this sport has meant a lot to it, a uh, lot to him. And it showed for that one hour and four minutes that he spent before he finally said, "It's time to go." Yep.
No, I love it, man. That's a great way to sum that up for sure. Um, all right, Jeff, uh, let's turn things over for a minute over to Berlin. How did uh, how did things wrap up for you guys over there this season? Well, I think it was the best season we've had in a couple of decades. I mean, we our attendance is up dramatically. Uh, I think what we're doing here is, you know, putting Berlin back in the spotlight when it comes to short tracks around the country. Uh, there are several great short tracks that we have coast to coast. And, you know, all we want to do is be in that same conversation. And, I, you know, I feel like we're moving in that direction. Uh, I couldn't be happier about the actual uh, turnout from competitors and fans you know, whether we're running super modifieds and those guys have got to come off the East Coast, uh, if they don't make it here, uh, I'll get a phone call from somebody saying, we want to be here, but here's why we can't. I mean, how many times do short track operators get a phone call from somebody saying, we can't make it this time, but we're going to be there next time. We hear about it. We know you're there. We want to be there. But, you know, maybe we blew an engine, you know, last weekend and we're just not going to be able to get the car turned around in time. Um, I actually take a, a lot of pride in that, that I will hear from a competitor that says we want to be there, but man, we just can't. So, you know, we're going to build on what we had this year, which I think is, has just been a, you know, I'm not going to call it an A plus because there's always room for improvement, but you know, we had an A season. And we're, we're working hard on that. We've got our schedules. We're starting to make some releases right now. We do not have our schedule complete for next year for a couple of different reasons. But, um, you know, I can tell you that, you know, super modified release is going out tonight. So we'll have a big two-day show here like we've had in the last couple of years. Um, you know, Money in the Bank, Battle at Berlin, super late model shows will be back. Uh, sprinters will be here. Modifieds will be here. So a, a lot of work, you know, long answer, but a lot of work going in right now behind the scenes. All of that will become public here very shortly. And we got our heads down and, and we, we're, we're not taking 2023 lightly. We know what work went in to make it a good year. And we're doing that same exact same thing right now to make sure that 2024 is even better. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Jeff, once you get back from uh, Key West, uh, any plans, holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, going anywhere, staying in? What uh, <laughs> What are you doing? I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but we actually have uh, a few vacations lined up. Hey, so don't be. Man. You, you, <laughs> I know. 35 I know, weeks but... a year, man. You can't, uh, you know, you don't, a lot of sacrifice goes into <laughs> doing what you do, man. So, Go live it I get up. back from travel. I get back from traveling, and guess what I'm going to do? You I'm going to travel. So <laughs> yeah, but you have your wife with you though, so that's okay. It makes it a whole lot better. That yes. is for sure. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we're going to do some traveling. Awesome. Uh, we're going to go down to the Bahamas uh, at some point. We're going to cruise at some point. Okay. And we'll kick things off down in the Keys here in another week. So, and and you know what? Once that's done, and and that's the part I really enjoy, Brandon and you and I. You know, we've talked. Uh, off the record on this is that you do that and automatically you're right back in it because it won't be long after that and LA yeah. will be dead ahead and we'll head out and go do with the motor racing network we'll go out there and you know go to the Coliseum and get things started out there with a the clash Daytona is two weeks after that so you know downtime will go by off season downtime will be by 
probably in a blink of an eye, unfortunately, Absolutely. but yeah. that's just how, how it goes. It, it seems to go quicker as you get older. That's that's definitely for sure. And uh, your 30th is appearance is right around the corner. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And there'll be a lot to talk about, won't there? Because, uh, you know, I, I think what we go into, just to kind of tip my hand on this, I think what we go into is the great unknown, uh, meaning that, you look at a track house, you look at legacy and what they have lying ahead. Uh, track house, you know, without any debate, had a down year compared to what they did the year before. Uh, do they rebound? You know, where is track house right now? I absolutely love that organization, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they no, they just, man, do they do things right. Um, and they're innovators. And that's the one thing I like about them. Not that you need me to go down a rabbit hole, but I like innovators in our sport and track house as an innovator. Uh, they lead the way in a lot of different things that you see when you get to the track and how they work with their sponsors and their, their presence when they're at the track. I think you're going to see a lot of teams in the offseason try to emulate what they've been doing. Uh, that is only going to help. But I, I guess long, long story short here, Brandon, is I do think that as we get ready for 2024, uh, with some of the changes that we're seeing and, and some of the organizations like SHR, are they going to rebound? I don't know. But, you know, I, I guess I'd have to hedge my bet and say, yeah, they're going to be better than what they were in 2023. But they're going to have to do it without Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Uh, yep. And they're going to have to do it with new drivers now. Um, what's legacy going to do now that they're going to, you know, change out manufacturers? What's Trackhouse going to do to rebound? Uh, where is 2020 or, uh, where is, uh, 2311 going to be next year? That is a team that's just red hot. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see a Bubba Wallace or a Tyler Reddick reel off five wins. I really wouldn't. Um, they were very, very close to doing that this year. Um, so I, you know, I guess just to wrap it up, I think next year, as it sets up here in the month of November has the makings of being very, very good across all three divisions, the trucks, Xfinity, the cup series, and it won't be long. We'll be talking about it. Absolutely. I love it. Great way to end it, brother. Thank you so much for, for coming on to the show tonight. I appreciate you as always go have some fun down in the sun and uh, look forward to talking to you very soon, sir. You, you got it, buddy. Thanks, always man. a pleasure. Appreciate you. Hey, happy holidays if I don't talk to you before. Thank you so much, man. All right, we'll see ya. Take care. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Great talking to Jeff Striegel. Of course, as always, hell, we've done it 29 times. Can't wait for number 30 with him. Um, okay, let's do a little Lap Traffic social mail. media. Then we'll get to some of your guys' takes here. Uh, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. I did make a TikTok post the other day. I mean, I was laughing hysterically. I thought it was pretty funny. It was in reference to uh, Sheldon Creed and... 
I got some decent views for only having a very few handful of followers there. So we might have to work on that for season eight, building a following over there and encouraging me to make a fool of myself in some capacity sometimes. So there's that. Uh, huge congratulations to Chad at Chad Illa Ranch for winning the Lap Traffic Prize Pack, the big year-end season giveaway. Oh, that is all packaged up and ready to go out to Chad. Congratulations. Thank you to everybody for retweeting and getting that out there. That reached a lot of people, which was awesome. So thank you so much for that. Stickers and koozies, I'll still have them throughout the offseason. If anybody wants them, feel free to reach out, and I will send them to you for free. Okay, so I had reached out to you guys and said, you know, what's your takeaway from 2023? That will impact 2024 in some capacity. So here's what some of you guys had to say. Uh, April at SWT Harvick Fan 4. There's going to be a huge void without Harvick on the track. The only bright side to his hanging his gloves up is that we get an awesome analyst in the Fox booth. I feel his perspective will be very refreshing. Hashtag forever. I love it. Colin at Colin underscore with underscore cars. RFK and Ryan Blaney for Penske uh, show that Fords are capable of performing well. I expect next year we don't see them struggle in the first half like they did this year. Jess at Iowa NASCAR fan. What's up, Jess? Haven't heard from you in a minute. Uh, Ford has won the last two titles when they've probably when they've been probably the third best manufacturer, but the one strength of the car has been short tracks, Phoenix included. Does the new 2024 design take away from the short track dominance? In short, hurt their chances at titles. I love that. Scott at 1985. I think Kevin Harvick and Eric Almirola stepping away leaves only a couple of old guard drivers. Third season for new car will give us a good view on which teams will be contenders yearly. The car change shows how difficult the switch was. Uh, look at CE great. Uh, look at CE great at road courses in old and not a contender. Now, yep, I agree with you there. Andrew at Racing Cants. Denny Hamlin is still championship list. I love it. And next gen still sucks everywhere except intermediates. Yes, Brandon, I'm a crouch. Uh, Tristan at Tristan Cole. Chevy dominated most of the season in their next gen car, but will their but while their design. Uh, Ford and Toyota have new designs hold Chevy back uh, Carolina at farm life of five for one keeping my picks to myself better yet not picking anyone 2023 it was fun to watch we had different makes and drivers win and Xfinity knocked it out of the park fun to watch I agree there uh, Jay at Jay Stone Pemetch uh, all the talk about improving the short tracks, but no one wants to discuss how high-speed intermediates are starting to slowly become kin to the 550 package racing. Uh, Roller Monkey's mom at Roller Monkey Mom. Schedule changes, drivers respecting each other and lack thereof. Larry at Speed Pro 1963. Two teams, RFK and 2311, put both cars in the top 10 in driver's points. Uh, JD at JD underscore uh, Kunigan. The improvement in racing in the season's last two short tracks, Martinsville and Phoenix. Yeah, if we could just get that short track program dialed in, eh? I tell you. And then last but not least, Big B at B underscore Putman. My take takeaway is it's past 
time for NASCAR to get rid of the playoffs. Big B, Brandon, my man, uh, you're probably going to throw some shade my way on this one, uh, especially because Jeff and I talked about it earlier today. And that is, I here's the thing, I can appreciate the nostalgia aspect of that. But I guess I would throw back to you the question of where's the fun after tuning in for X number of races in knowing that a champion could be decided three races to go in a season, you know, give or take, right? Could be more, could be less. But realistically, we go old school points format, you know. So why is there any desire for a race fan to show up at Phoenix if the championships decided at Martinsville or the race prior to that, you know, and from that regard, it's, it, it takes away knowing that, okay, yeah, sure. There's the win. Great. You know, but championships, what you want. And I, you know, I, like Jeff said too, it's, you were not sticking ball, but, we have a playoff format to create entertainment and great racing and the need to be perfect for, you know, almost a third of our season, right? Like, you know, 13 and 13, uh, you know, 26 races, you know, for the regular season, you know, so we're, we're talking almost a third to go out there and to have to be perfect almost weekend and week out to go and win that championship. So, I mean, man, I, like I said, I get it. But uh, I'm 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 okay with the fact that we we have a playoff uh, format there. So thank you everyone for sending in your takes there. I appreciate it, and I think I think it's time to wrap this bad boy up here. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, let's close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy Recap, the last fantasy segment of the season. So there's no need to get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard on Thursday because we're all done with that. And uh, joining me on the line is our 2023 Season 7 of the Lap Traffic Fantasy Podcast, and it is Mr. Andrew Yu. What's up, man? How are you? I'm bad. How about you? And a good Phoenix weekend. Wow, Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir, man. It was a uh, some some great picking by you. Congratulations on the championship. The trophies are ordered. Hopefully I will have them by next week and get everything uh, sent out for everybody here. Every, hopefully everybody gets all their prizes before Thanksgiving is, is my goal. So we'll get that out to you. But, man, what a dominating year you had in terms of winning segment one, segment two, and the playoffs. Um, I'm going to open it up to you because there has, in seven years now, we have not had a repeating champion, so um, you could very well be our first repeater uh, if you have this same dominance next year uh, in the league. Uh, so definitely looking forward to you defending your championship next year. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I think I can definitely repeat next year. Excellent. If not, have a good, strong uh, playoff run next year, and I'm glad to be competing among the I want to say we had 24 down to 12, down to four. And I mean, those 12 to four and even 24 people were really competitive. So hopefully they, you know, continue to keep playing next year and, you know, further years on. And uh, yeah, hopefully they also continue to be strong because, yeah, 
I would say I build off of their intensity and their picks and how strong they are. Yeah, no. So the the league started uh, initially. There were all there was just about a hundred players to start off segment one. Uh, and with every year I've done this, you know, by the end of segment two, there's definitely not a hundred picks coming in each week, but, uh, and then the, then the playoffs, but, um, so here's how the, so I'll, here's how the final four, uh, shaped out, uh, Andrew, you had 109 points, uh, Joe Hewson, uh, came in second with 86, uh, Steven DFS NASCAR guy in third with 71, and I'm just tickled to death that I made the final four for the first time in my own fantasy league. Uh, a very depressing showing with 51 points uh, when Carson Hosevar got me eight points on Friday night. I knew I was in for a rough start and it didn't get any better with John Hunter Nemechek's nine points on Saturday. So I knew I was dead in the water once that happened. But uh, I, uh, like I said, I was just glad to make it there. Um, Andrew, anything, any format changes you'd like to see uh, next year? We always make a few rule changes. So what, uh, in, a, in, a, in your perfect world, what, uh, what could we change? Uh, I don't know, really, actually. Um, I thought this year's game was pretty fair. Although, actually, maybe in Xfinity, we did have uh, the John Arneman check show for about the last, you know, the playoff run. So. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> well, Something like that uh, should be a little bit outlawed a little bit to two picks again. But, yeah, I mean, hey, if the people said they didn't want that, then, yeah. I mean, I would say the game's pretty fair to everyone. And um, yeah, it's a, it's the people's game. I would say it is the people's game. Yes, I am here for the people and uh, to help provide some fun throughout the season. I'll tell you uh, off the top, I I will probably say Xfinity and Truck will not have two pick options. It'll probably be down to to one pick options uh, to make it a little bit more um, you know competitive across the Xfinity and. Uh, truck series uh yeah you you mentioned the the john hunter nemechek we had the kyle larson rule a couple years ago where he had you know missed the playoffs and you know just went on a tear so everyone did basically what happened with john hunter this year was 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 kyle larson so uh you know that won't be the case next year and yeah we'll uh we'll go from there but well, listen, man, I just wanted to have you on for a, a quick minute to say congratulations on the show. Uh, like I said, it was a, a dominating performance all year. Uh, to have that kind of consistency is is not an easy thing to do. But uh, congratulations, and we'll get that uh, trophy out to you here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, thank you so much again for hosting this competition and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to – uh, you know, my uh, race, I'm in a college right here. And so I want to give a shout out to, you know, the 49ers racing and, you know, some of the alumni and current students there, we actually work on some of the teams. So, you know, give a shout out to them. And yeah, I was, you know, um, I was rooting for, you know, GMS and Grant and Finger on the Absolutely. trucks. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and they came up short, unfortunately, but yeah, uh, still, you know, also congrats to, you know, Cole Custer and them. I know a few guys who work on, you know, the four teams on that four team and as well in general on Ford. So yeah, congrats to them. And yeah, I mean, yeah, just four just knocked it out of the park. Just yeah, no, they absolutely knocked it out of the park. No uh, doubt about yeah. that. No. Even with the Blaney. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that was a battle with him and uh, Kyle Larson. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, hang on the line just one minute and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay.
Thanks. All right, Lat Traffic Nation, that is a wrap for episode 325 of the Lat Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelattrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lat Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lat Traffic PC. Huge thanks to Ben Rhodes, Jeff Striegel, and Andrew Yu for calling into the show. Uh, we'll see if we put something together next week or the week after with a listener call-in show. If anybody wants to be a part of it, reach out, let me know. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Live Traffic Podcast. See ya.